welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode nine of Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Nine! Play! That's how many times my testicles have receded into my body from the cold. <laughs> Blah! Blah! Uh, <laughs> how's everybody doing? Uh, not too shabby. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I've got that, I've got that pre-toy show stress going on. So you know, is uh, everything casted and painted? Not painted, but everything's uh, it's everything's pretty on track. Cool. Uh, uh, doesn't mean I'm not stressing about it, but everything's pretty on track. Uh, Teresa was looking at pictures of what's going to be at your toy show, and she's like, you're going to get this, 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 this. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I have to physically be at the toy show. And I was like, I'm sure he'll make more, or if there's anything left over, I'll have my crack at it. And she's like, but you know what? Spider heads? And I was like, babe, that's like $200. <laughs> and I was like, you know, the whole point of the gold spider head is to get a McGrady figure. And it's like, I have a McCready figure. I don't have a gold spider head. Actually, I do. You know, I don't know. Um, so she's like, okay, okay, fine, fine. Um, Mike, how's a... It's just fucking cold. And yep. It's a very slow week. Let me throw this out there. There's hardly any toy news. Uh, you know, the stores are kind of slowly resetting and getting stuff on the pegs. There's not a lot going on in the world. So I have, like, non-toy news to talk about. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. How was RoboCop? You beat it? Oh, it's so fucking good. I I will go so far as to say that it is my game of the year for 2023. Um, I'm desperately awaiting uh, DLC because uh, I want to play more. But, uh, yeah, I, I went through the game, loved it, loved the story. The tail end feels a little tacked on. Um, cause there's, there's a point in the game where it kind of just, it feels like the logical place to like wrap up. And yeah. then there's like a whole mission afterward that just, it just feels like they were like, Oh, and another thing. Um, not that it's bad, but it's just like, really? That's, that's where you went with the, okay. That's, that's a strange little offshoot to the story. Um, but great game overall. And these guys previously did RoboCop. With, uh, Terminator, or, uh, Terminator, sorry. Yes. Yeah, they uh, actually, it was funny with, with Taeyeon, they they came out, I think it was like 2012 or somewhere around there, but they were basically making like little app games and stuff. And then they made uh, Rambo and Rambo is notoriously horrible. Like it is, if, if you look up like Rambo playthroughs, they're just hilarious because the game is so unbelievably bad. Um, so a lot of people didn't have faith in these guys. So then when Terminator Resistance came out, it kind of fell between the cracks. A lot of people, myself included, it kind of avoided it because of the the bad press that Rambo got. 
Um, but then when it, it dropped down, to, I think it was like 15 bucks on Steam uh, last year. I was like, ah, hey, what the hell? I'll buy it. I love Terminator. And I, I started playing it and I really liked it, but I got sidetracked with, you know, life. Uh, so I didn't start replaying it until after RoboCop. And now I beat the main Terminator campaign already and I'm going through the DLC. And I think I like it just as much as RoboCop. <laughs> like, it's really friggin' good. Well, so damn. What's the next logical progression for these guys? Like Judge Dredd, Demolition Man? And the funny thing is that they were, I, I read an interview, uh, it was, I want to say it was in November of 2023. Um, the, the head of Taon wouldn't say what the next IP is, but he said that the entire team, uh, himself included, are looking at other 80s IPs and they already have a few people um, asking them about making games because of the success of RoboCop. And the interviewer did, you know, ask questions specifically about Judge Dredd. Um, I think it was Judge Dredd and Aliens. And he was like, we can't say anything about either property, but both are on our list. Well, actually, the obvious logical one is RoboCop versus Terminator. You know, that I would I would love that, but I would love to see these guys tackle anything in the Judge Dredd universe. And the the other like 80s sci-fi piece that I would love to see them do something with is Blade Runner. Oh, after, yeah. After seeing what they were able to do with the role playing aspects of uh, RoboCop, because there's like there's a lot of police investigation stuff in that game. Um And there's a lot of like your choices actually matter in both Terminator and RoboCop. Listen. Like you, I'm just going to throw this out there. Mm-hmm. I think we're missing, because th- these are first-person shooters, correct? Yes. So I think we're missing the obvious 80s extension that this needs to go the direction of. Better is not included? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's even better than what I was thinking. I was thinking uh, Cronenberg's The Fly, where you play as Jeff Goldblum to- tr- slowly turning into The Fly, and you're, like, firing but your body parts as the projectiles. All right. Uh, but then wait, you wait. have to pick them up and put them in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jokes aside. That's, that's like that's like the end level as they're racking up the points. Like it's <laughs> you're racking up the points. It's like he puts an ear in to me 10,000 points. Jokes aside, if they made, if they got Jeff Goldblum to voice Seth Brundle in the fly the video game, <laughs> I would shit. I would not even, I don't care what kind of game it is. I'm there. It could be an online <laughs> multiplayer loot box, the worst video game ever. If I could have a, a Jeff Goldblum simulator video game where you're like climbing around the ceiling and like eating women and puking on your food. <laughs> and like the whole point of the game is to try to catch Gina Davis. Oh my God. I would play the shit out of that. You could puke that on that be beard fun. guy's ankle. <laughs> beard guy you hate him <laughs> you don't remember um, him as an actor but fuck that guy one thing i will say about uh just modern first person shooters is like every every game nowadays seems to want to be a triple a title with you know extended uh multiplayer shelf life so everything is seem- seemingly designed around multiplayer so like you know the big, the bigger games like Call of Duty, obviously the whole thing is designed around a multiplayer and one player scenario be damned. And too many games are getting like that. So I love having like a smaller company like Taeon tackle these, you know, story intensive first person shooter games because they, they really pull you in. And it's like Terminator is downright scary. I, I 
can honestly say the first time you encounter one of the T-800s, it's terrifying. <laughs> and it's like, it was so good. Like, I couldn't believe how freaked out I was playing this. And then, like, once I got past the scene, I was like, damn, that was that was more intense than some of the survival horror games I've played. For somebody who isn't that in video games as much as you are, what's AAA title mean? So a AAA title is is your your like Grand Theft Autos, uh, World of Warcraft, uh, Call of Duty, the games that are basically going to cost millions upon millions of production and then advertising, and you know they have a lot of backer support. Usually it's a big uh, company like Warner Brothers or Sony. Um, you know it's 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 very very rarely these little publishing houses. Um, and it's and they want to keep it uh, they want to keep it going for as long as possible. So like what Warner Brothers recently announced, where they're the, with Mortal Kombat, for example, where they announced every one of their games they want to have uh, support for years to come, which means lots of microtransactions, lots of downloadable content, um, you know, which pisses off a lot of people. I personally don't care. I'm like, if it's a game I like and they're still pumping out content, I'm gonna buy it. Um, if it's a game where it's like, hey, look at all these amazing characters we have, but like 18 of them are locked behind a paywall, then I'm going to get annoyed. But uh, if it's something the way Mortal Kombat does it, where they're like, hey, here's 32 characters, and then three months from now, we're going to start unlocking DLC characters at eight bucks a pop. I'm cool with that because they're, you know, extensions of the game. Yeah. But a lot of AAA titles have stuff like that. You're... Your other games are stuff like, uh, like okay, you guys know I play Seven Days to Die all the time, which is still technically in, in alpha. Um, but games like that where they're small development teams, it's usually more of a labor of love in some of these cases. Or it's just, hey, we're, we're going to tell a story. So like with RoboCop, we're going to tell a story from point A to point B. Uh, we don't care if it's going to have online multiplayer. We don't care about any of that. Just make it the best you possibly can with the resources you have and put out a quality game. And I'm fine with that. Like, I'm more than fine with that. Um, I, don't, I don't need it to be a constantly online, which unfortunately a lot of these games are. Uh, there's a game coming out that like, I very rarely go out and get a game right when it comes out. But there's new Prince of Persia. Oh, okay. Coming out that is Metroidvania. And uh, people got to like beta test it and they said mm -hmm. it's amazing. So I was like, I'm doing it. Fuck it. Um, Tur uh, Turbo Kid's supposed to be coming out this year. Uh, yeah, I kickstarted it. So yep, just waiting for my copy. Um, but I'm a huge Metroidvania horror. It's like the only game uh, style that I follow. So See, I'm, I'm just not good at those games. Like, I love them, but I suck at them. Uh, what part of it do you suck? I always get lost. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a very disturbing question. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I always get lost in them. Like, I, I end up having to, like, stare at the map for a while and be like, wait, where am I? How do I get to where I want to go? What room was that again? You know, whereas oh. it's funny with first-person shooter games, I very rarely get lost. I almost always know my way around. I love that shit because, like, I love looking at maps. Mm -hmm. And, like... Getting 100% of the map and finding little hidden rooms and all that shit. You know, I, I will say there's a game I wish I could get both of you to play with uh, me, Steve, and Danielle. It's a, a little uh, one man, like a one man creative team. Like he, he created this game called Lethal Company. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it is equal parts hilarious and terrifying. Basically, it's a, a very simple gameplay loop. 
you work for this company like it's a it's a big uh you know intergalactic company and you have to fly to different planets and get scrap for the company and you mm -hmm. have a, a quota to meet so you have to to make so much money in scrap um, and each of these planets have various hostile things, whether it be bad weather, hostile creatures, you know, and, and there, there's varying levels of it. And then each of these planets have a big facility that you go into to get your scrap. And in that facility, there's going to be bad things. <laughs> you know, you don't know what you're going to encounter. It's always randomly generated. And you really can't fight back. Like, you can eventually get, like, stuff like a shovel and, like, a laser gun that might work. <laughs> But okay. most of the time, you're just going to be stealing stuff and running away. Um, and most things kill you in one hit. The best part, though, is that all of it is uh, it, it, the, the voice uh, the voice options in the game are basically proximity voice. So if you're talking to somebody and you run away, you just get really quiet. You kind of like go off and then they can't hear you. So... What's really fucking funny is if you go into a room to check something and get killed, your friends might hear you be like, hey, I'm going to go in here. And then it just cuts off and they're like, oh, shit, he got killed. Run away. <laughs> and then you're just kind of spectating as a ghost while your friends panic and run around and they can't hear you, but you can hear them. So, like, there was there was one point where uh, our buddy Steve got killed and me and Danielle were trying to escape. And Danielle was just like, all right. I'm, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump across this ravine. And she was like, oh, shit. <laughs> she missed and fell to her death. And then I'm standing there by myself at night with monsters all around going, what do I do? And they're just watching me like panic crawl to the ship to try to escape the planet. Um, it's freaking hilarious because of how many ways you can die. But it's such a simple gameplay loop. And it was only 10 bucks. Like, if you want to laugh your ass off, watch Lethal Company videos on YouTube. All right. I'll be pooping later. I need something to do. <laughs> so, you guys want your funny dose of my daughter's a maniac? Oh, sure. Of course. So, uh, I had COVID. Have had, I don't know. I feel fine. But um, earlier last week, the symptoms started right while we were recording uh, last week's episode. And, you know, you can't smell anything for a while usually with COVID because you're congested or your your nose is inflamed. So I didn't smell these weird smells in the house. And I'm walking around yesterday and I'm like, what the fuck is this? This weird ass like nail polish fruit stink coming from somewhere. And it's like when you have kids, it could be anything. But I asked, you know, I, I asked Zoe and I'm like, hey, uh, you smell that? Yeah. I'm like, well, you know what that is? No. No idea, <laughs> which, you know, I can tell. And I'm like, what What the fuck did she do? And I'm like, what? Just so you're not in trouble. Just tell me what's that smell. And she's like, I don't I don't know. I, I So through process of elimination, I'm going around the house and I open up the refrigerator and I get a waft of this just like chemical oh, God. fruit rot. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I pull everything out of the refrigerator until I find it. Mason jars full of concoctions that she just wanted to see what would happen when you put dish soap fruit sugar a little bit of this a little bit of that unknowingly making prison pruno <laughs> um <laughs> so my daughter was 
was making bathtub hooch I'm, in the refrigerator, <laughs> not realizing that she was doing it, um, and it smelled horrible. That is amazing. Just to go along with her baby food that she made with like gummy bears and markers, this is like exact same thing. But it's mason jars hidden in the back of the refrigerator with rotting everything inside of it. Um, and the word chemical smell was alcohol. Because <laughs> it was starting to ferment and God knows how long it was there. <laughs> because, and you know, you, you push stuff to the back of the fridge, you don't notice. Yep. This sounds like a Japanese game show. What's that smell? Like, just, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> just sitting Zoe there sniffing it. various boxes. Like, what is that? Zoe made this. Will you eat it for 5,000 yen? Uh, <laughs> is that glitter oh. edible or is it Elmer's? Let's find out. I just, now I, I can't stop thinking of the robot chicken skit of who poop first or who poop last. <laughs> first eat food is power then you wait then who poop last yeah good. oh Ugh. lord kids I tell you uh, uh but let's let's be fair you have to do it the the, the official racist way of robot chicken who poop last who poop last <laughs> Still in the air. I think so. I think so. Um, couldn't sleep last night. We'll go for an. I was just going to say we'll go for an even deeper cut. Do you guys remember Sweet J Presents? No, no. That was the precursor to Robot Chicken. When uh, Seth Seth Green, Matt Sunreich did uh, did some stop motion shorts, basically for like some company online. Mm-hmm. And a few of them, like, eventually made it into Robot Chicken. But in a few cases, the original online shorts were much funnier. Mm. Like, like there are a few random jokes from the um, DC's Big Brother house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm blanking on what the jokes were, but, like, so many of them didn't make it over to the final version for robot chicken mm-hmm. because I imagine they were just a bit too much. Oh yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, the, the, I, and I can't, I, I haven't looked in a long time, but I couldn't find them anywhere online for a long time after robot chicken started. Oh, you know, you know what I genuinely miss is uh twisted toy fair theater. Oh, you know, God. that came from, uh, Matt Sunreich was behind a lot yep. of those. Yep. No, I know. That's that was like one of the that was one of the kind of connection points between him and Seth Green. So ah, early toy stuff. Mm-hmm. I miss Toy Fair magazine. Oh, yeah, no, right? absolutely. But Twisted Toy Fair Theater, like there were so many moments like I, I still remember all of the episode, the issue where Migo Hulk drank a jolt cola. <laughs> and he was just like going through the issue, destroying random articles. And like there was that scene where he was just his, his pants were down and he was talking about having to poop and he was just vibrating back and forth. And Miko <laughs> Spider-Man was looking at him going, Jesus, you're turning all black and blue. I lost it. Or the one where Miko Spider-Man gets uh, Mjolnir and goes through the issue, just squashing micro Jawas. See, I yes, I forgot about that one, but I was going <laughs> to mention the one that I loved, where it was the uh, the episode one special, 
where uh, Amigo Spider-Man went through and, like, terrorized the episode one storyline. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, God. Or do you guys remember the one where uh, they they get stuck overnight at a comic book convention and Thor becomes Kamandi, the last boy on Earth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love that magazine so much. Um. The only thing that's coming to mind, and I have a stack of them in my basement still, is there's a one-shot panel where Skeletor <laughs> is looking at Trapjaw. He says, Jesus Christ, who gave Trapjaw cold salad? Or, uh, who gave Trapjaw macaroni salad? <laughs> <laughs> the mental visual cracked me up. I still think of that sometimes. Some of those jokes were just so fucking good. Oh, man. The price guide. Just magazines in general before... Being able to go on your phone mm-hmm. while you shat. It was just <laughs> yep. so easy to like, you know, I, I always had a stack of magazines in the bathroom. And that's just like, oh, yeah. Uh, Horror Wizard, Wizard and Toy Fair and Fangoria lived in my bathroom. Yep. Fangoria, Wizard, uh, Hustler. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Gorzone, I mean. <laughs> same, same difference. Yeah, 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 basically the same. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I miss all that stuff. Um, so plug time, Mike, Boogeyman's Closet. Uh, yeah, we are uh, cranking along on Dealer's Choice Month. We just uh, we had uh, Slumber Party Massacre was episode two hundred five, yep. and today uh, Leatherface just came out, so two hundred six. That episode we had a lot of fun making. Um, I have a ridiculous love of the character Alfredo in Leatherface. <laughs> he's um, the best. He's such a good character. Those mumbling. <laughs> his dialogue. Oh my God. The whole movie, his dialogue as me in stitches. Um, I, I think that movie does not get nearly enough credit, but uh, we'll be covering uh, Freddy's dead next. And we will be closing the month with the brain. Ooh, good yeah. choice people. Yeah. And I was very happy that, that, that one out because like, it's it's a it's a movie that we need to talk about, and neither Susie or Maurice have seen it. So, um, um, did you guys talk about the Texas Chainsaw Three trailer? We did not, but I did post it on the Boogeyman's Closet uh, Facebook page. Was it um, the Lady in the Lake? Yes, the Excalibur uh, Kane Hodder trailer. Easily, maybe the best horror trailer I can ever think of. When I think of people say like the best trailer, it's that. Oh, yeah. Because it's just so on point. Have you ever watched the uncut work print? I've not watched the uncut work print. I did watch the uh, deleted scenes on the uh, DVD, and um, I've pulled up all the uncut stuff on YouTube. So like, Okay, it's just cut back in and there's no sound, but it's kind of like... Listen, old man, what's a DVD? <laughs> DVD. <laughs> You'll like it. it uh, if you are a fan of... Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 is really good. It doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. I um, agree. Did you watch Slumber Party Massacre 3 yet? Not yet. That that will most likely happen uh, my next two days off, because I, I have a few movies I want to watch, and that's on the list. I finished Walking Dead. Mm. I binged it from the point where a certain child character dies that pisses everybody off and they quit the show. For good reason. I won't spoil it. Mm-hmm. Um, Grimes is Schmarl. Um, <laughs> I'll spoil it. I don't give a fuck. It's Carl. Yeah, okay. They killed Carl <laughs> off because... Coral! Coral asked for uh, adult pay 
and some time off to go to college. And they answered that by killing his character off. Um, Hilariously, other actors later in the show get to stay, even though they're in like going out to shoot movies. Mm -hmm. And they just show up for like one episode a season. But for whatever reason, they couldn't fucking keep Carl around. Um, Yeah. But yeah, uh, I sat through like. Well, six I think and we half all know of... the real reason. It's just because like he aged out of the role too quickly. Uh, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Um, I watched like sixty episodes of The Walking Dead over the course of a month, and I need a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's not something you want to binge. It's not a show that's meant to be binged. No, and you can tell while you're watching it because they repeat storylines and. Actors disappear that they don't want you to fucking think about. And well, not only that, but it's just a heavy material. It's well, the other thing is it's so fucking depressing. Like these characters, you watch 11 years of nothing good happening to Daryl Dixon. Right. And it's like nothing. There's a whole chunk of the show where he lives in the woods under a tree. <laughs> Literally. Yep. <laughs> it's like this poor bastard can't win. See, and th- and this is a yet another reason why I like film better than television. I know a lot of people love episodic entertainment more than than films, but I like having a finite ending. <laughs> you know, I don't want to keep it going forever. Yeah, yeah. That's or, why all, all my favorite comic series are stuff that ends. Or you, you know, know, if it's like a Twilight Zone where it's a different story every week, that's fine. Yeah, great. But yeah, like. Wrap it up. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. it. It had a better ending than Game of Thrones. I never watched past the first three episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, you don't have to. No. And yeah, <laughs> my, my opinion, a better ending than Breaking Bad. There, I said it. That's that's another one I haven't seen. Uh, it's overrated. I, I, I saw I, I saw a couple episodes and liked what I saw, but just never got into it. I I really fucking loved Breaking Bad, but you know, it's it's hard to not love for for me personally. Like it's it's hard to not love a show with uh some of the special effects that they had in that. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a moment, I think I think it's in in the second or third episode, <clears throat> but it's very early on, where um Walt is telling Jesse what to get to dissolve a body. Mm. And he tells him that he needs to get a specific kind of plastic tub because the acid won't eat through that plastic or he like, he doesn't explain it to him like that, but he explains, he's like, you need to get the tubs with this symbol on them. It's very important that you get the tubs with this symbol on them. Uh, and Jesse doesn't and decides to dissolve the body in the tub. And as as Jesse's telling Walt this, Walt's like, you did what? And I'm like, oh, God, I know what's going to happen. And exactly what I thought was going to happen. And it was just like an explosion of gore from the ceiling. <laughs> and that's when Walt looked at him. And he was like. The reason I told you to get through those get those tubs was because the acid can't eat through that type of plastic. And it was a moment of like, okay, yeah, I love this show. I'm all in. But it, you know, it took that moment of like gore raining from the ceiling for me to be like, yeah, 
Yep, I'm in. Um, I'll say this about Walking Dead, and it ties into what Josh said. All the episodes that Greg Nicotero directs, which mm-hmm. as the show progresses, he directs more and more and more, mm-hmm. are all special effects heavy, and he throws in a cameo zombie every time he directs. So you have to like blink and you miss it. Holy crap, there's a zombie from Night of Living Dead 1990. Nice. There's the uh, table zombie from Return of the Living Dead. There's Tarman. And he gets so deep because he directs so many, he has Freddy Krueger pop up in one. <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, you know. Um, but it's one of those things, like, you see an ep- a zombie, and you're like, wait a minute. And then he's, you realize that Greg Nicotero directed it. And you're like, oh. But, uh, yeah. Um, so... Mike, we covered Boogeyman's Closet, Raised by Reynolds. What's going on? Um, well, we just uh, recorded our <clears throat> recorded our first episode of the year. Um, it's uh, it's something in the View of universe. I, I won't uh, give too much away here, uh, just because I want the the thumbnail that I'm sure Josh is is working on to just kind of surprise people when they see it in their feed. Uh, but yeah, we we are playing around in Kevin Smith's universe for this uh, first episode of the year. Awesome. I figured, uh, you know, kind of pull it away from horror for a moment. <laughs> they announced <clears throat> a line of bendy figures coming out from the Kevin Smith Viewiskew universe. That. Done by Major Bendies, who does wrestling toys. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool if uh, you like bendable figures. I'm not a huge fan of them because of the bad taste that got in my mouth from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but you Is know, because you were chewing on them, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, they do leave a bad taste when you do that. <laughs> Dead joke. I, I'm still honestly sad that I didn't buy all the inaction figures when those were coming out. Like, I look back at them now and I'm like, God, I would have loved to have this collection. That's yeah, one hell of a collection. Um, Josh, you want to throw in another plug for assembly not required? Um, it's, it's going to be, sorry. it's going to be, um, I don't know. It's probably going to be a standard voltage one. There's this, sorry, I had to throw in another dad joke. I know. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, but, uh, yeah, thing, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, as you guys saw, uh, there are official paint tests for the Wolfman and Wheeler, both of which are, uh, progressing quite nicely. And, uh, and yeah, no, everything is on track. So you guys get, get ready for some assembly required goodness in early February in Asheville, North Carolina. Cause that's where I'm going to be uh, along with a lot of toys. And, uh, it's going to be first releases of a lot of, a lot of fun things that, uh, I'm, I'm pretty hyped about. Sweet. Go see Josh in North Kakalaki. He Do it. Loves his fans. Um, how many are going to be there of the Wolfman? Um, there are going to be technically there are going to be seven because I'm going to have my display model. Yep. Uh, but there will be six available. Ooh. Um, um, I'm hoping hoping they don't last. Uh, but in the event that they don't that they don't last, uh, obviously I will be doing another run shortly after the show because i ain't gonna leave anybody out on that um just i am so excited to throw money at you 
Uh, you, you just I can't even begin to uh, I love when you're you're up and running at full speed, Josh, because it's just like I very rarely say no to uh, the stuff that you make. So I'm super excited about it. Um, who am I forgetting? If you guys love vintage artwork and you love special effects, check out Tara Mastravich and Mike McCoy um, of Jesus H. Christ. My brain is fried. Mike McCoy, special effects and Coffin Dreams LLC, who is branched away from horror and is doing like holiday artwork. I'm just going to assume that there's some Valentine's Day stuff coming. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, she had a, a new thing. Would you love me if I was a worm? Mm-hmm. Which is like super cool. So uh, her stuff is coming out. Listen to the So It's Come to This Simpsons Family podcast. I think that's it currently. Oh, and Jerry's Closet for Indeed. all of your horror needs. So I am sure with uh, winter, things are slowing down a little bit that Sam will be getting on there and throwing up some more stuff in the shop. Um, and on top of that, her sauces, if there's anything left, get them from Jerry's Closet. Just looked up, look up Western New York Horror Crew for all of her links for Jerry's Closet and deep in Jerry's Closet. Um, she throws them up there, it's going to go like this. <laughs> oh, the Goonies. Oh man, I, we we recently rewatched that, and it's it's been a while since I I gave it a solid watch, and it was uh, man that that movie is a fucking classic. Oh god, yeah. You know, every time I watch the scene where they go down the water slide, I'm sure it's a commentary. That looked fucking terrifying. It really <laughs> like, did. Like and they just slapped it together, action park style, and those poor kids just said like they didn't even get to try it out once. They just threw them in there. <laughs> well, apparently, I mean, I I don't know about the the shots that they you know shot of them going down the slide itself, but the shots of them uh, seeing the pirate ship for the first time mm-hmm. uh, are all their genuine reactions because it was kept a secret from all of the kids. Oh, man, so you know them seeing it for the first time was their genuine reaction. With the, apparently the exception of Josh Brolin. Who mm-hmm. uh, saw it and point blank just went, holy shit. <laughs> How cool would it be to have your own pirate ship? Pretty damn cool. So it, yeah. in other other insane tidbit of fact about Goonies that is apparently, I only learned it over the past few years, but uh, I guess they offered that pirate ship literally like the pirate ship that they built for the movie to basically everyone in the cast. Really? And they were like, does anyone want this thing? Like we built a full pirate ship, please somebody take it. And obviously, you know, it's a giant pirate ship. Nobody could take it. So it eventually did get scrapped. That's but, a shame. But that they sucks. tried to avoid it being scrapped and literally were just like, guys, does somebody want this pirate ship? I would take could it you, even if I had nowhere to put it. Could right. you imagine like doing a movie and someone's like, "Hey, you want this giant like authentic pirate ship we built?" Oh my god. How hard would it have been to <laughs> like imagine imagine those kids like being forced to say no. Right? Like, well, that's like uh freaking what Miko Hughes with the 
giant rocket ship uh, playground thing in um, A New Nightmare, you know, when when they ended up, the filming was over, he, his family took that and he had it in his backyard. <laughs> so it's like he grew up with that rocket ship from the movie. Yeah, like, Six. how could you not? Like, that? I'd have the best bunk bed ever if I had my own fucking pirate ship. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, seriously, like... like you would like you'd basically just live in one-eyed Willie's cabin. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, oh god damn, why? Oh, just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's gonna start building a pirate ship in his backyard. <laughs> like I, I've been on the water. I, I don't do the best. I, I get um, seasick very easy. That it, it still doesn't stop me from wanting my own pirate ship. Well, of course. I'm just saying because that would be awesome. Who doesn't want to be a pirate? So this is this is a quick. Very, I'll I'll do it as quick as possible, just because so we can all like, kind of kind of be like ah those bitches. But uh, when I was a kid, I now I I grew up in Lewiston. Yeah, it was very very middle class. Yeah, mm-hmm. very nice um, town. Very nice town. Uh, at one point during my childhood, there was a plot of land at the end of the street that a very very rich family bought. Uh, and proceeded to, <clears throat> excuse me, on that plot of land, uh, the guy built apparently his wife's dream house, uh, which is modeled after a dollhouse she had as a child, right yeah. down to the ugly pastel pink and blue colors all over it. Okay. Uh, and we, you know, for a long time, we all jokingly referred to it as the uh, pink ulcer. Because it, like... It's a sweet sentiment, but not only did it feel out of place in Lewiston because it was just like, it was the first true, like, giant rich bitch house in Lewiston, Mm -hmm. but, but it was garish. Yeah. Right. Like, it looked like a mansion, a dollhouse mansion. But at one point, this family uh, built their children a full-size pirate ship playground in the front yard. Were any neighborhood kids allowed to play on it? You you better believe they weren't. That sucks. So, like, through half of my childhood, every single day, I got to see this giant life-size pirate ship playground that no neighborhood kids could ever play on. That sucks. I would put that anyways. Fucking hate that family. Oh no! It, like when I say their front yard, it like it sat like right out front of their main windows. Oh, dicks! And like their house set like a good ways back from the street, so like they would have seen you coming. Still, they knew yeah. what they were doing, dicks. You guys ever? I mean, I had a treehouse growing up, but it was just like a, a hunting blind. Like there was nothing inside. It was just a box on some sticks, basically. Mm-hmm. It sucked. I <laughs> <laughs> always wanted one. No, nah, I never had a treehouse. I mean, I definitely made forts in trees, but I never yeah. had a treehouse. I mean, yeah. I had like, I had a sewer layer. Do you guys have one of those? <laughs> no, can't say I had one of those. I was... uh, <laughs> I had one, but not like an actual, like, you know, it was a Ninja Turtles one. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had that one. (laughs) So, you know, like, your kids do stupid stuff, and you just don't have the the balls to tell them that they're wrong. You kind of just let them live in their own fantasies for a while. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I was convinced that some sort of evil mega corporation was dumping toxic waste into the sewers in my neighborhood because, you know, kids. And that's, it got pounded into our head. Because Captain Planet told you so. Yeah. The chuds and all that. So I was convinced that toxic waste was making giant rats in our sewers because I saw them. I swear to God, I saw them. What I actually saw was possums. (laughs) Not giant rats. So I was convinced that we had a plague of giant rats. And also I loved uh, Food of the Gods and Ben. Oh, yeah. I was always watching these killer rat movies. I was like, Mom, Dad, there's killer giant rats. And they're like, whatever. Sure there is. (laughs) Come home before dinner. Uh, yeah. Good, good times. (laughs) So, uh, in lieu of a joke segment this time, guys, I'm going to try something new, um, because we can only be funny for so long. Mm. Uh, Eventually, the funny juice runs out. We kind of have to let it refill. Um, so what I have done is I have scoured the internet, my own personal library of information for... True lesser told stories about toy or a toy collecting or toy adjacent pop culture, things like that. Um, that not a lot of people side, talk about. Side note, my funny juice is here. Your <laughs> breath smells so good, huh? Because it's funny. I need, I need to let it refill. I'm out <laughs> of urine. Um, <laughs> my funny juice comes from Aunt Mabel's teeth. And it's cold out. It's all dried up right now. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I've got some true lesser known stories about toys for you guys this week. Two of them. Um, some of you might know this. If you have, maybe fast forward. Some of you may not. So it, it's kind of a fun true crime kind of style where I'm just going to give you guys a short. Holy shit. I didn't know that kind of story. Um, like, did you guys know Transformers originally were sex toys? I did not. I had heard that. Yeah. Japan. I mean, it's all kinds of crazy shit coming from Japan. Um, I mean, it makes sense with some of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's a story for another episode. I mean, especially Omega Supreme's rocket. So. Yeah. Um, Lilo said vibrating features. Use your imagination. Um, maybe Soundwave used to dispense panties. I'm not saying but maybe i'm saying (laughs) um so you guys do you know off the top of your head the most valuable star wars action figure of all time um all time i mean i would if if push came to shove i would i would guess the uh the tall snaggletooth but i'm not sure yeah blue blue snaggletooth yeah um you're both wrong the most valuable Star Wars action figure of all time. It's worth $17 million. And I'm going to tell you the story about it. Are you guys ready? Yes. I'm ready. On December 8th, 1925, Sammy Davis was born in Harlem, New York, to stage performers Sammy Sr. and Elvera. Sammy was a curious child who often sought stories of the fantastic to escape his very active childhood as a vaudevillian performer with his family. 
Sammy became an avid reader of popular magazines of the time, such as Amazing Stories, Dr. Cosmic, Goddess of Space. Now, you're probably expecting me to talk about Sammy's life as one of the greatest crooners of all time, or breaking one of the many racial barriers in the world of entertainment. But I'm sorry, I'm here to tell you about something else entirely. That's right, Sammy Davis's massive Star Wars collection. Not his penis, Josh, I know you thought I was going to go there. I thought so, but, you know, I, I have heard tidbits about his Star Wars collection in the past. Fun fact, something he didn't talk about a lot because he was part of the Rat Pack, Sammy Davis, massive, massive nerd. I'll continue. Well, other members of the Rat Pack used their considerable wealth for things like private jets, loose women. Sammy often spent his fortune on things like science fiction movie props and comic books. You can only imagine Sammy's delight when Star Wars action figures were released upon the world in 1978. Sammy didn't have to have one of everything. He had to have 15 of everything. It was common to see Sammy taking a bath with a tub full of his favorite stormtroopers, wearing a Darth Vader helmet backstage in Vegas before one of his many shows. When Empire Strikes Back was announced, Sammy used his considerable celebrity and wealth to get a head start with Kenner Toys to get all the new figures before anyone else could. Sammy already required numerous prototypes, autographed toys, and he had the notorious big dick version of Darth Vader in his college. I'm sorry, in his collection. So, of course, he said yes when Kenner asked him if he'd like to be the first person to get his hands on the hot new figure from Empire Strikes Back, missile firing Boba Fett. When Sammy had his hand delivered action figure. But let me repeat that. I wrote this horribly. When Sammy was hand delivered the very first missile firing Boba Fett, he was like a kid on Christmas. And while he was warned by Kenner to be careful, Sammy couldn't help himself. Originally, the missile firing Boba Fett used the cheapest springs available at the time. Springs made from the firing mechanism of decommissioned Vietnam M16s. Roughly 10 pounds of strength in each spring. Well, it doesn't sound dangerous. It's enough to make a machine gun deadly. And, like any kid at heart, Sammy fired Boba Fett's missile everywhere. Into his Star Wars figures across the hallway, at his, wife's cleavage, at his wife's cleavage, and oops, right into his own eye. Now, guys, let me talk about these springs for a second. These springs were designed to be used thousands and thousands of times, never to rust, to fire in mud. These springs, Kenner didn't realize how strong they actually were. Now, normally, a toy projectile of this nature doesn't have enough power to put out an eye. And that's by design, industry standard, after what happened on this horrible day to Sammy Davis. Boba Fett's missile shot clean through Sammy's eye and lodged itself into his orbital bone. Despite hours of surgery and considerable wealth of Kenner and Sammy Davis combined, the eye couldn't be saved, and the missile could not be safely removed without killing Sammy Davis Jr. Now, fearing the inevitable jokes from the Rat Pack, and tarnishing his own public image, a much cooler story was concocted to explain Sammy's now-missing eye. Sammy was drunk in Vegas with some ladies of the night and some Colombian booger sugar. One thing led to another, and his car crashed, leading to the horrible eye injury that lost him his eye. On the other end of things, Kenner pulled all plans to release the missile-firing Boba Fett, 
with a story involving a kid choking that was made up entirely. Sammy, for his troubles, was allowed to keep the original eye-blasting Boba Fett figure, and all their copies were destroyed. Although there are reports that Lesson 5 survived the original Purge. George Lucas, feeling even worse for what happened to Sammy Davis, offered him the role of a lifetime in the upcoming Empire Strikes Back film. Sammy declined the role because the recall that Sammy required, I can't fucking talk. Sammy declined the role of Lando as Billy D. Williams was a good friend of his. Instead, he opted to play someone with no speaking lines that was in the background. Why the fuck did I write that? All right, guys, bear with me here. <laughs> Sammy declined the role of Lando as Billy D. was good friends with him. Instead, he opted to play someone with no speaking lines, but just as cool. That's right. Under heavy makeup done by Rick Baker himself, Sammy Davis was transformed into Lobot. If you don't believe me, there's several key scenes in the movie that give away Lobot as Sammy Davis Jr. because only one of his eyes move at a time. After his death in 1990, Sammy was buried in Beverly Hills with all of his prized possessions. His Lobot computer headset, Spock's ears, and his prized one-of-a-kind missile firing Boba Fett. Several years ago, word broke out that despite their best efforts, the Beverly Hills Cemetery, where Sammy was buried, was robbed, and Sammy's remains desecrated. The Boba Fett and Sammy Davis's skull were stolen. The figure and skull have passed from high-profile collector, high collector to high-profile collector over the years, with each one meeting a terrible fate. While unconfirmed, Steve Irwin, Paul Walker, and Kobe Bryant have been photographed with the prototype Boba Fett and Sammy Davis's skull. While its current whereabouts are unknown, the curse and the literal fact that it may be the only one in existence make this missile-firing Boba Fett the rarest and most valuable Star Wars figure in existence with an estimated value of $17 million. That, that, my friends, crazy. is the story of the only proven missile-firing Boba Fett. God damn. stole Sammy Davis's vision and possibly killed Steve Irwin. That's insane. Some people believe it was a stinger from a stingray that got him, but we know the truth. It was a missile from Boba Fett. Anyways, Man, that goes deep. That that does. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of stories like that. You know, things they don't talk about, like the Bible Man action figures and all those horrible deaths. Oh God, the Bible Man action figures. Good times. Are you guys ready for the news? There's not a lot. Indeed. News. Breaking from Super Seven, they are going to be doing a Super Shogun. Vintage style Godzilla with the flames painted on his chest to make burning Super 7 Shogun Godzilla. The second wave of the blind box Super Shogun Godzilla, or I'm sorry, I tease that too much. The blind box Godzilla figures coming out is all repaints of Super Shogun Godzilla. So if you don't have a reaction Super Shogun Godzilla, say that five times fast. There is going to be another case of Target with all those blind box, the blind box Godzillas. Looks really cool. In Saturn news, uh, Super 7 no longer has a relationship with Disney. Uh, there will be 
no more Simpsons Ultimates, no more Disney Ultimates, no more Disney-related reactions. It's all over. With the exception, uh, of course, of what's in production. Correct. Um, but there won't be any further announcements. There won't be any new figures. Um, this got leaked in an interview where um, the head of Super 7, whose name slips my brain suddenly after that. Uh, long, Brian Flynn. Brian Flynn uh, said they won't be continuing their relationship with Disney for various reasons. We can speculate until we're blue in the face what happened. Um, but apparently they're uh, a little harder to deal with than other licensors. Um, as far as like what they want, what they expect. And it didn't mesh up with a smaller company like Super 7. So um, while that sucks, I hope that means that Super 7 can kind of like allocate resources to something else now. Mm -hmm. There's still plenty of cool stuff they could do. Uh, let's see here. The Aliens TV series that is coming out has officially announced they are going to ignore the Ridley Scott prequels. Yep. Uh, so they just didn't happen. Don't worry about it. I, I hate I, I truly do hate when companies do the the sequel where we ignore other sequels. But in this case, I'll give a pass because Covenant fucking sucked. Um, the fact that Covenant ruined so much. Mm -hmm. If it was just Prometheus. It was very open ended and we still didn't know everything. Yes. Uh, but Covenant really just kind of. For whatever reason, Ridley Scott felt the need to explain everything and ruined it. Uh, and, and explain it badly. Yeah. <laughs> where, just where it very, didn't make sense. Very dumb. Um, NECA Michael is, built the aliens from vagina. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Uh, uh, see, I, I don't know. Just a quick little side thing. I, I will forever die on this hill that... The aliens are much more terrifying as as a concept of basically like intergalactic locust, where it's they're not some kind of hyper weapon made by a fucking android, and they're just this species that can just destroy other species. No, like that but, is terrifying. But Mike, no, but Mike, they they come from vagina. <laughs> oh, they were they were built from pussy lips. I, I I am not a fan of Ridley Scott. <laughs> Look, and we all know Predator is what comes from vagina. Yes. Um, the Predator next mouth. movie is called Vaginalian. Vagalian. Vagalian. <laughs> um, <laughs> NECA is doing a repaint of Rex the Robot in Evil Rex. Now with angry eyes and different color of paint. Whatever. Yeah, um, years ago I wanted this. ElfQuest is getting a big push for a movie and a cartoon and stuff at Fox. I know what ElfQuest is. I don't care. Yeah. For yeah. for a moment I thought you said ElfQuest and I was like, what is this reboot of Alf? <laughs> uh, you know, Elf is always just like gonna get something and it never happens. So I'll believe it when I see it. Um, coming from McFarland, there are Batman, the animated series, new adventures figures. Um, these are all just repaints from stuff that came out from DC Direct, but coming back out through McFarland because he bought He's DC a son Direct. Son of a bitch. Um, they're cool if you like the show. I, I'm fine. 
Uh, and lastly, uh, no, not See, lastly. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna voice something about these Batman figures that that bothers me, and I'm sure you guys will agree with me on this. So, when these Batman figures first came out from DC, mm-hmm. I was all about them, and I was all about getting them to display because they were notoriously fragile. Yes. yes. Now, as the line went on, DC said they got better. They never got better. No. So, like, I eventually decided to stop with the line because one fall and the figures shatter. Uh, literally, I had that happen. Um, uh, I don't have a single DC Direct figure that's in one piece anymore. But They're all broken. That being said, like, the quality from McFarlane isn't going to be any fucking better. Nope. So what's the point? What's the point of getting two releases of figures that are going to break? Yeah, I, I got nothing. I'll say I, I only have three of those uh, animated series DC Direct figures. I, I have Scarecrow, um, Clayface, and Etrigan. That's it. That Clayface is pretty badass. Clay, I, I really like the Etrigan. Like, I'm I'm a big fan of that figure. Um, but I still have it in the box. Like, I took it out, messed around with him for a minute, and then put him put everything back in the box and then sealed it back up. Because I know how fragile those guys are. Yep. I have the Mattel Justice League versions in Batman of everybody. Mattel Kenner. And those don't break. Um I know for a fact that the problem with the DC Direct stuff for their joints, they use clear plastic. For whatever fucking reason, it's notoriously brittle. Right. Um, McFarlane uses cheap plastic, which is notoriously brittle. So, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. They've announced that they're doing a McFarlane.com exclusive Crisis on Infinite Earths line. That is twice the price, but it's got to build a figure and people are losing their shit. So they're like 40 bucks each. And there's a discount if you buy the set. So basically you get one figure for free. And it's basically McFarlane charging more because of the market. And they can. Um, don't fall for it. Because, right. you know, even if McFarlane says you're getting quality product, you're not. Um, just know he's a, a shyster. Yeah. Now, I, I don't want to backtrack too much, but I was I was about to say something about that that made me flashback to, because I did watch the full Brian Flynn interview. Yeah. Um, And one of the things that he talked about is worth talking about here because he directly addressed uh, Ross Marshall's DD's discount and the things showing up there. You know, Josh, thank you for bringing this up. I didn't think it was worth talking about, but it is. And, you know, it was something that he talked about in the respect because I was about to say that in for those McFarlane releases, like just wait for him to hit Ross. But the likelihood of them hitting Ross isn't that high because it's something that Brian Flynn addressed in the fact that a lot of what hit Ross are things that were ordered from the retailers like at the height of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. When things were like when people were buying those things in huge numbers, so the companies upped production to the point where retailers over ordered. 
and that's not something that's going to happen because going like even the things that are starting to show up now were produced in lower numbers because they were ordered in lower numbers. Right. So there's not as much leftover to go to. So, you know, it's not something that you really can necessarily say, oh, there's no point in paying full price for that. I'll wait for it to hit Ross because there is no guarantee. And I'm like, well, we definitely know stuff like that about there's never a guarantee that it's going to hit a discount store. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he directly addressed that like head on in a way that was like, listen, here are the facts. The things that are hitting now were overordered and overproduced years ago. Like they're in Ross now because they were produced years ago when people were overbuying. Yeah. Um, and it's not like Super 7 stuff pops up at Ross. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not the problem like Hasbro or Mattel. Mostly but Hasbro. He, but like, I, and it was interesting because the way he segued into it was in what directly from, he segued from the fact that a lot of Super 7 stuff did go on clearance at their online retailers. Like, especially the Ultimates, like going to dirt cheap numbers at Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth, which had everything, didn't have anything to do with Super 7, had everything to do with those retailers ordering way too many. Yeah. And you know what? If you're a collector that thinks you're going to get by on clearance, you're in for a bad time. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think we've all done that where we've waited for something to hit clearance and then end up missing out on it because we didn't get it when we had the chance. Yep. yep. Uh, you know what? See, clearance is a fun surprise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Never plan for it. Um, that's that how being, I've always treated it. That being said, well, obviously this year was not the norm. Because of the amount of insane stuff that showed up at Ross and discount stores like Ross. Mm -hmm. That being said, you can normally find some really good fucking toys at Ross around the holidays. Maybe not in, maybe not as many and maybe not in as great of number, but there are always some good clearance to find at Ross. Yeah. Um, Uh, Same, same at Ollie's like, I mean, it's there's never a guarantee you're going to get something great, but there's usually some kind of good toys there. There's a lot of stuff that you wouldn't buy at full price. Yes. But you sure as fuck could buy it on clearance. Yep. Um, so you know what? Um, maybe you wouldn't pay full price for a Black Adam action figure, but you pay 25 cents for it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's like that Hawkman figure that I bought where I was like, ah, I would not pay full price, but $2? Okay, I'll check it out. How is he? Eh. <laughs> yeah. I want my $2. Um, yeah. <laughs> That that's a whole different story. Um, who makes those? Not Jazzwares. Uh, Spin Masters. Some of their movie products where they change the scale. Yeah. It, it they it's just the ball joints and stuff. They suck. It's so weird because their main Spin Masters DC figures are really fun. Yeah, yeah they like really they're, are. They're nice, chunky, fun, articulated figures, and then the movie ones kind of feel small and fragile, and like got gummy plastic, and it's it's weird. They're very hit and miss. Uh, last piece of news. Some kid beat Tetris. Yes. I saw that. 
Uh, I didn't fucking kudos, kid. I didn't know you could. Mm-hmm. I thought it I don't think went, anyone knew you could. I thought it just went forever, but this kid figured out that whoever made the game only coded it for so long, and he broke it. He had a kill screen. It wasn't like a congratulations, you beat the game. Yeah. Um, he just blew it the fuck up, and he got to meet the very secretive Russian creator of Tetris. Yep. Which is pretty fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. in my opinion. So did you uh, see that horrible news anchor no. with uh, this? Oh my God. I was so pissed. So basically I, I forget where it was, but the, this news anchor uh, reported on this, this kid beating Tetris and was just like, you know, as a mother, just so you know, that's not an accomplishment. That's not something to strive for. Like she just started bagging on this fucking 13 year old kid. And it's like, shut the hell up. Like let people enjoy their moment. Like, Lady, that, that kid is a legend to video gamers everywhere. Right. Yeah. But but like even you know okay let let's let's just say that nobody in the gaming community actually cared. Like it, he's a thirteen year old boy who did something that no one else did. Let him be excited. That's yeah. awesome. I was so mad when I saw that. I mean, thankfully the internet just started dunking on this lady. Um, and rightfully so, but it's like, what the, why feel the need to like belittle a child for doing something awesome? Yeah. And like, you know what? 20 years ago, that accomplishment wouldn't mean shit, mm-hmm. but now that kid's probably going to get a scholarship. Yeah. Something <laughs> video game related, which is a very profitable career. And I'll bet dollars to donuts. It'll get him laid at some point in his life. <laughs> He's going to say Tetris. I know I'm how really, to move my pieces around. I'm the only person in existence that's beaten Tetris. And man, woman, or robot will be throwing their underwear at him. <laughs> and he's just going to be like, sit on my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just saying. Um, show and tell, guys. Get anything? Um... I only got one thing this week, uh, and that is the Lightyear dropship, the Armadillo. Yep. Um, now, this is one of those examples I was talking about when you you wait for something to go on clearance and you miss it. Because I did end up having to pay about $10 more than retail for it, but I used Bezos bucks, so technically it was free. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had to get this thing. I had been eyeballing it forever. I have a soft spot for, like, troop transport ships. And um, this fits perfectly with my my Joy Toy Warhammer figures. So my plan is to repaint it, add some scorch marks and, you know, basically look like it's it's a little war torn and just have my my Warhammer figures displayed with it. That's awesome. It's a very cool ship. Like if I had this as a kid, I would have freaked the fuck out. Like it would have been one of my favorite toys. Um, Just the way everything opens up. is awesome. I had the Stormtrooper cart. Mm-hmm. as a kid and i used it a ton and it was literally like bunch you guys go here to here yep and i loved it well it's like the gi joe apc yeah. like i freaking loved that toy and all it was was a truck with like a canvas topper and a bunch of seats in the back you know what also i love that is that it was a real vehicle yes you know it wasn't like a bizarre made up you know like the his tank or like let's have all of our guys holding on to the side of this tank. <laughs> right. You know, it, it, it's cool, but at the same time, it's like very impractical. Uh, but the APC, it's like that could be in a jungle when you're recreating Predator. Yep. Um, Josh, you get anything? 
Uh oh. No, sorry, sorry. Oh. No, I, I was, I was drinking some soda. It was that moment of like I started to talk, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm still muted. <laughs> pop, like, gosh. hello. What did I do? Oh god, no, I did something. You were drinking pop. Drinking soda pop. I, I mean, heathen. I. I, I, I I say soda too. <laughs> I know. I, I've kind of like moved away from it now that people keep bringing it up. Like, oh, you're from Western New York. You said pop. It's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> it's because of Wegmans. It just that's we you know that's what it was called. Uh, so I got I got a couple of couple of noteworthy things. I got um, I got the two new uh, well to me the two new interesting uh, Transformers Legacy Core Class figures. Okay. I got Boulder Crash who is the not rock lord that turns into a little bike. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he is ridiculous and fun. He really is. Uh, he's weird. I like him. I, I don't know what else to say other, other than, like, he's fucking weird, and I really like him. I uh, also got him uh, right here. Tasmanian Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is equally weird, and I equally like. Like his the the head and jaw of the Tasmanian creature become the robot's feet. The like the jaw splits down, like the head splits in half, and then the jaw splits backwards to be its heel. And it's Interesting. so like it's so demented looking that it's a moment of like, yep, I like you. You're weird. <laughs> but also it's just it's a pretty fun toy all around um and i also found the uh what's it called transformers uh tow line i think the one that looks like the mystery machine oh yeah uh, right, it's, right, right, yeah. Yeah. it's the the junkie on i found that for uh 689 at target on clearance so i grabbed it to build junkasaurus uh nice. who i built earlier today uh and is not stable in the least. Aw, man. <laughs> but uh, it looks really fun. It was fun to put together. I'm not, like, I'm not unhappy I have Toe Line for the price. I really like those Junkion figures. And, uh, yeah, I'm not unhappy with it. But Junkasaurus leaves something to be desired with its stability. Um, and I think the two coolest things I got were I found the Vintage collect- Collections uh, Previsla, yeah. who is the realistic Previsla based on his uh, the like the last appearance he had in Clone Wars when he was bald. Yes, mm-hmm. like when he's become the crazed leader of Mandalore. And uh, you know, this is another another case of I I saw it like the day after I heard that Brian Flynn interview, and I had a moment of. You know what? I'm just going to grab him. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad I did because he is, again, one of those occasional examples of everything a Star Wars figure should be. He can almost go toe to toe with the old Clone Wars animated uh, pre Vizsla. Nice. I think. Oh, that's cool. I think that pre Vizsla only has a slight edge over him because he's stylized. I like the way um, they gave that previsla an extra neck joint to actually look upwards. Like he's flying, mm-hmm. which they should all have. 
And um, and I also really like that that Previsla has a cloth cape. This one does not have any cape. He didn't have one in the final season that he was in in Clone Wars, so I can't fault them for it. Yes. Like, it's not like they missed something. I just prefer the look of the cloth cloak on the figure. So it's it's totally just a preference thing for me having the slight edge out on that one. But no, it's a really he's a really fucking solid figure. Uh, he has an actual removable helmet. It fits perfectly. He's got great articulation. Uh, he has blasters that fit perfectly in his holsters. He has a really nice dark saber. Bravo. Bravo has rope. Uh, and last, I saved the best for last by far. I mentioned I picked him up last week, but I did not talk about him because I hadn't opened him yet. I got Mouse Jaw. Josh, tell us, please. I want that figure so bad. I'm on my knees looking up at you just on my face. I need to know. <laughs> See? Mouse Mouse Jaw has one big problem. He's, He's going to awesome. make you want all of them. Uh, He's that good. Even uh, Man-at-Arms? You know, I, I saw both Man-at-Arms and Donnie in the store, and I did not grab them, partially because, like, I am getting ready for a convention, and I've been spending a lot of money on supplies. Fair. That being said, there's there's a part of me that's considering considering going all in. I'm not gonna say I will, but that's how awesome Mouse Jaw is. Um, all of the new parts on him work like look great. The I love the way his helmet is looks like a mouser is trying to eat Trap Jaw's head. Uh, he has an articulated jaw, as he should. The new arm bits are awesome. Uh, the way the mouser attaches to his arm, or can be its own mouser, works perfectly. I don't know if it was just me, because I was distracted by looking at all of the other new parts, but I didn't notice that the center symbol on his on his belt is now a turtle shell and crossbones. Oh, that's sweet. That's awesome. So, like, lots of little stuff like that about the figure that are just, just awesome. Uh, and the mouser itself, as a separate piece, works great. I think it's one of the only cases. I could be mistaken. I think the flame effect piece he comes with is the same flame effect piece that came with uh, Stridor. Okay. This is probably the only figure with strong enough arm joints. To hold it up with no problem. So, Josh, let me ask you: Do you display him with mouse jaws and arm, or do you have the mouser separate? I've been going back and forth because I've actually been playing with him because he's just fun to fiddle with. Uh, and fun fact: the mouser, when assembled, is perfectly in scale with the Super Seven Ultimate mousers. Ooh! It doesn't match their color. But it definitely, like, it doesn't look out of place with them either. So that's another fun fact. He also comes with a build-a-figure part for Metal Motto, 
or bigger build a figure parts, yeah. which are worth mentioning because it's Metal Botto's right arm, and then a bunch of uh, Roboto's arm accessories because Trapjaw does not come with any arm accessories mm-hmm. other than the Mouser. It's just, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but then, you know, he also comes with all of Roboto's pieces, so you can snap any of those into his arm perfectly. The nice. most noteworthy piece for Metal Botto, and I sent you guys a picture of this. He comes with a piece that at first I thought was like a screwdriver wrist attachment or something. It's actually a plug that plugs into the wrist joint of any Origins figure in place of the hand to give them the ability to wield Trapjaw or Roboto's arm pieces. Oh, that's awesome. So any Origins figure with a standard wrist peg, you can give the claw arm or the blaster arm or the axe arm. You can have WWE Superstars Hulk Hogan with a giant blaster arm. It's amazing. It's one of, like, it's up there with that snake tail in the fact that this should just be in an accessory pack. Because I want, like, five of these. Because I want to give random figures gun arms now. <laughs> like, seriously. Imagine how much more savage Macho Man Randy Savage would be with a giant barbarian axe in place of his hand. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, like, Honky Tonk Man suddenly got, like, Robot Claw to play guitar with. <laughs> <laughs> we all know Honky Tonk Man, the second longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time, is dangerous, but with the Robot Claw, man is downright dead. Oh. But yeah, no, he he is amazing. Uh, the accessory is amazing. The Metal Botto build-a-figure part is fun because it's it, it's it's a standard Origins arm. So, like, you can use it to just give anyone a robot arm. Yeah. So, I, I gotta give him a lot of credit for this. Whoever designed these figures really went all out, and I'm, I'm fucking impressed. The only, the only thing I will... I can't even say this is a negative thing. Uh, he doesn't come with a comic. He comes with a really, really nice almost thick cardstock art card that gives like on the front and back, it basically gives both versions of the, the mouse jaw art from the packaging. You know what? To be fair, those comics just end up in a bin. And it's like, I appreciate that they still included something and that it's a really nice quality print of the artwork that's on the box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So kudos to them for, you know, it may not be the comic. I don't need the comic. I'm glad they included something, and it's nice quality. Like, it's, yeah. it's impressively nice quality. It's it's thick cardstock. I, you know what? Uh, I saw him, and I didn't buy him, because I wanted to see if there was some sort of coupon this week, and there wasn't. So I'll be getting him next time uh, I'm at Target, because there's like five of them sitting there. The... Turtles of the Universe aren't, 
there yet, but I'll be getting everything except for probably Man at Arms. Um, yeah, I I saw Donnie and Man at Arms once. I haven't seen anyone else other than Mousejaw yet, but I have seen Mousejaw a whole bunch. Yeah, he seems to be the one where people just don't know what to think yet. Um, but I'm not expecting more of them, uh, Brian Flynn. So, you know, I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to be waiting for clearance. Yeah, you know what? If Man-at-Arms goes on clearance, I guess I'll get them. But Now, uh, all I can say is I hope that this is the same problem that we will have with Krang. Where yeah. he just suddenly is everywhere. Me too. And I hope the distribution isn't a problem later on in the line. Where yeah, you can't find those last waves. Because if if the rumors are are true about one of these last wave deluxe figures, oh, I'm going to need it. Yeah, me too. And um, I will just say it point blank for our listeners. I don't know if this is true or not, but there is a rumor floating around that take it with a grain of salt, but also... It's it's kind of from a trustworthy source. It's from the same person that originally leaked Turtles of Grayskull. So it's someone with some credibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the last wave deluxe figures is going to be too bad, except Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, that's so good. Which is something I wanted NECA to do with their Monsters line. Is a two-headed Bebop and Rocksteady, but instead they're just doing the Turtles. Um, so, kudos to Mattel if they're doing it. Um, like, if, if that's true, I need that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a bunch of leaks for Marvel Legends, too, that I didn't mention because none of them are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen um, some of those. They are not. Nothing, it's, nothing Crystar level where non-marvel legends fans would be like what um they're they just another league came out today where they're going to do a wave of carded secret wars style figures that's eh. interesting but it's just going to be repaints like the dr doom that they did i'd expect kang you know iron man don't don't lose sleep um and deluxe figures that are just like better versions of one that came out before, like Hulkbuster. Eh. <laughs> you know, big, big whoop. Um, all right, guys, let me give you uh, I'm going to steal this from Raised by Rentals. I went down and I broke down all the analytics from our episodes. Do you guys want to know some very quick fun facts about um, our year 2023? Sure. We published. 40 episodes, which is pretty good, all things considered. Um, the fact that we cover news in the show kind of lets us put out a little more product than other podcasts in the Red Pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were just kind of making stuff up on the fly, it would probably be a lot less, probably closer to like 2025. Um, so that is 40 weeks on, 12 weeks off. That's three weeks of vacation. You guys are welcome. You don't get any medical, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, the hundredth episode was our most downloaded episode, but that was mostly because people wanted freebies. Um, but even then there was a couple other episodes that came really close to that number that were just people liked them. Um, all fart related episodes. 
the Munchies Dumpster Fire Theater was the least downloaded episode. <laughs> uh, people do not like munchies as much as I do. Apparently, the word blah is said 102 times. Balls <laughs> is said 319 times. Skeletor is said 78 times. Really? Only 78? Only 78. Um, just funny things that we say a lot. Balls. We say balls all the time. Um, and also the, the phrase, fuck you, Hasbro, 63 times. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so if anybody's curious about like what the show's about, it's about balls, Skeletor, and fucking Hasbro, apparently. <laughs> That's all we talk about. This sounds correct. Yeah. Uh, we are a one-trick pony. Josh, how are you looking for time? Um, running, running short, but uh, but I, I do have to share something with you guys that you're you're gonna have to post on on the feed. Yep. Oh, and here's here's a side note. I don't know if you guys saw this. I think it was announced sometime like overnight. Um, Hasbro officially announced and showed pictures off of at uh, Legacy Gears. Oh, okay. He looks fucking awesome. Uh, and yes. he has he has a apparently a deep cut character gimmick where you can open his chest from the episode where he was given like an emotion circuit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to send you guys pictures of this now. This is not what I was going to originally interrupt with, but I saw it and had that moment of I should mention this. It's news because, well, fuck Hasbro. Uh, this does look like a really solid release. And I'm all for really good updates of the G1 minibots. Well, we need to be more specific here. Fuck Hasbro, but the Transformers guys are okay. Right. Yeah. He uh, does look and, really cool. And yeah, like as far as G1 minibot updates go, he looks really fucking solid. Yeah, and, he, uh, they stuck to it. And I love that they were able to work in a gimmick too. Like that's that's when the Hasbro team shines. Good job, guys. Good job. Um, you you did the, good, Hasbro. You did the good. ridiculous thing that I was going to mention that you're going to have to put in the feed uh, as one of the episode guide pictures. Have you guys heard about this uh, Mondo supersized juggernaut figure? No. No. So apparently it is a 17-inch supersized a uh, vinyl juggernaut figure. Okay. And the internet has latched on to one thing about it. It's the fact that this figure has quite possibly the most supple ass that has ever been produced in action figure form. <laughs> oh man, juggernaut is thick. Like that boy's been doing fuck? squats. Who the f- who gave Juggernaut that ass? The sculptor. <laughs> Lovingly. Who, who's, who saw that in, like, the sculpt stage and was like, yeah, that ass is perfect for Juggernaut. Got great ass! I don't necessarily think great ass when I think about the Juggernaut, but I will now. I know you could break walnuts in those butt cheeks. 
I just opened up the picture. Holy shit. <laughs> like, what? What was they do to Juggernaut? <laughs> Somebody has a thing for Juggernaut that was sculpting on the team. Like, it's, look, a, it's a good looking figure, though. I'm not gay or nothing, but, but I, I'd, sleep on, I'd, I'd sleep on those butt cheeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a pillow and a half. Hey, Marco Kane, spread them cheeks. <laughs> uh, I'd let him wash my back. <laughs> Spread them cheeks, bitch. Wash my back, Juggernaut. Wash my back. I just picture Wolverine looking at Juggernaut all like lovingly, like, "Hey, Juggy, wash my back." <laughs> oh, uh, all I know, all I know is that with an ass like that, if Juggernaut says to wash his back, ever, anyone gonna say yes? That's right. Exactly. All right. So before we wrap this up, Josh, you know we're just talking about clearance. Um, as a Marvel Legends collector that you guys know, I have a problem sometimes with these expensive box sets that Amazon puts out, Hasbro puts out, where they have, you know, three figures you don't want, two figures you do. Yeah. To kind of complete a collection, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait for sales. And it appeared that, you know what, they just didn't order a lot, pay full price, and deal with it, swallow the bullet. And as we're talking, I'm doing a quick check of... Uh, one of my action figure clearance sites that I go to, and don't you fucking know it, there they are, half off. No, uh, Jesus Christ, sixty percent off. So a hundred and fifty dollar Marvel Legends set's now sixty. I'm so fucking. Damn. I know. The only thing that's kind of keeping me, maybe I'm not gonna buy this, is that these were like windowless packages, mm-hmm. and they could have bought return stock from Amazon. And these could all be swapped out figures. So, like, one of these sets is the X-Men uh, 60th Anniversary Villains box set that was five new characters. But I just waited and waited for a sale. And then when I finally bought it, I got a box of McFarlane Superpowers toys taped inside instead. Mm. Oh, I and remember it, you telling that. And just gave that, up yeah. and paid full price for it instead of, like, a damaged box. That could be the case with this. So, anyways, uh, that's the game you play as a collector. Sometimes you get them full price, sometimes you don't. Uh, Hall of Fame. Last week, I forgot to do Hall of Fame because my brain was starting to melt from COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just put up to the fans where we had our picks for the greatest figures of the year, and I let the fans pick from those three. Josh, 90% of the people voted for the creep. Y'all are too kind. 10% voted for the naked dog thing. You want to guess who that 10% is? (laughs) It wasn't me. It's just you. (laughs) <laughs> Josh, you were so humble you couldn't vote for yourself. I I considered it, then I was like, but I really like that dog thing. Um, <laughs> congratulations, it's it's well deserved. Um, I have a feeling that the Wolfman might be the one this year that's your creep, but who knows what you're going to get inspired to do because you just get stung by the creativity bug and you just disappear for a few days and come back with the fucking creep. Um, so I know people have asked for zombie shredder, um, who knows what you could fucking, you know, like Warner Herzog, Play-Doh hair set, who fucking knows. Okay. My wheels shouldn't be turning for that, but they are. Um, that being said, I can, I can guarantee that, uh, well, I can't guarantee a timeline for it. I can guarantee that 
there will be at some point another big scale turtle figure. Mm-hmm. Not guaranteeing a zombie shredder, but I'm looking at him. Uh, and there, there are definitely four more figures following up the Wolfman coming. So there's some there's some fun stuff coming this year. Um, I can also say that I have sketched on the back of a receipt an idea for a Count Creepy Head t-shirt. And that's as far as it's gotten. Ooh. So. Interesting. There's like baby steps and there's kind of like falling out of the bed drunk. I'd say that's where we're at. <laughs> that's all. Um, I basically scribbled a bunch of shapes and I was like, that looks like something. And I thought, you know what? Uh, if I did this, I'd want it like a just black and white kind of t-shirt like white logo on a black shirt and that's as far as i got you're welcome everybody oh yeah um (laughs) uh are you guys ready for standard old school hall of fame picks indeed yes you won buddy means you You go first i'm gonna go with a figure that i i don't know i don't think he's ever been picked because uh, he's kind of a basic one, but I remember being thrilled as hell to actually get him when he came out. All right. And that is the original Toy Biz Professor X. Yeah, they oh, never picked yeah. that. The, the, are you talking the gold chair one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good figure. Um, Don't sleep on the Patrick Stewart, the original Patrick Stewart Professor X, because... His joints were loose in his legs and he couldn't stand. That was one of the best Easter eggs ever. Oh, God, I love that. Um, those X-Men movie figures were low-key. Low key, some of them were just amazing pieces of, uh, like, Senator Kelly, which we've talked about on the show before, Crippled Professor X, Toad. <laughs> They're all the, like... Um, the Wolverine that literally... Or no, no, it was the uh, the rogue fi- the rogue figure you got that could uh, that you could impale. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, Wait the the mystique that came with the terrible rubber Wolverine skin that disintegrated over time. Yeah. Uh, way cooler than they had any right to be, yeah, or you what you were expecting. Yeah, it was kind of like peak toy biz. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So really, really cool. Mike, why don't you go? Um, I'm going to throw one of the Fisher Price adventure people on here with the brainoid. It was the, uh, that gray space alien with the brain and the bubble helmet. And he had the orange robotic claw arm. Uh, I'm voting for that. I I love this figure. I was literally like, what do I pick? What do I pick? And I was like, I I haven't mentioned this one before. I'll pick this, but no, that's, that is way. uh way better uh my pick i've been on i've been on a fisher price adventure people kick lately i wanted to pick i i literally thought of this earlier today i was like you know what's a great toy but it doesn't fit any of our themes at all but i was like i loved the fisher price little people castle as a kid because it's an awesome castle it had a fucking trap door yep and i I, I just love trap doors (laughs) that was for monsters in my pocket that was my my playset I played on that castle with those figures constantly. Yep. Oh, I, such uh, a good toy. 
I have memories of going to a picnic and having like two GI Joes with me. Like it was one of those like, can I bring something to play with? And my my dad was like, you play with your inbred cousins. And I never liked him because <laughs> they were like feral children. I'm trying to keep this story short, but I had like just two random GI Joes, mm. and they had like these are the kind of kids that just left all their toys in the grass all year round. Yeah, and they just had a, a Fisher Price Adventure Castle, and I just played with it for like eight hours with two GI Joes, <laughs> falling in that little trap door that was they were too big for, but I just did it anyways. Yep. Uh, I am gonna pick the McFarland Freak figure. That's a good figure. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, with his bag of weapons and his sickle and his typical Todd McFarland from the nineties, way too much shit going on. Um, but Hey, he didn't have a giant boot for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> he was symmetrical, you know, which is way more than you get normally from McFarland. So, uh, and to be fair, that was when McFarland toys was firing on all cylinders. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's when they were actually putting out action figures. They're like, yeah, you know, sometimes the joints might be a little less than stellar, but for the most part, you could play with them without them falling apart. It wasn't until a couple years later that it was like you sneeze and they just dis- disintegrate. Yeah, it's kind of that like golden time when anything came out from McFarland. You're like, oh, shit, you had to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the freak was like, I, I think I got him two or three times just from like playing with him excessively and i got the repaint it was just a, a, a good solid figure mm-hmm. uh, big fan thumbs up all right guys um that is it for this week's episode uh, i'm not sure if we're gonna come back next week probably hopefully there'll be more to talk about uh please let us know if you liked our true tales of toys or whatever the hell we end up calling it um I just want your feedback. Like, that's cool. Do more. Please stop and go back to anus jokes with Kermit the Frog. Let us know um, so we can course correct. I know there's a few diehards that listen that love to share your opinion. Please get back to me and tell me what you think. Uh, and you and know what? If- I've got I've got plenty of anus jokes to tell. So uh, it's just a matter of time before we get to more of them. Isn't that right, my best friend Werner? It is right, Mr. the Frog. We can talk about both of our anuses for hours. We could do our own podcast called Kermit and Werner's Anuses. And people would listen for hours as we talk about the anuses. <laughs> it's never not funny. <laughs> I don't know why their friendship works so good, but it just does. Uh, it's, it's because our friendship is very pure. Josh, I want a, I want a serious answer. For you're walking in Austin and you see like a, an art exhibit downtown Austin. Is this making sense like this could happen? Yeah. Yep. Museum. For a $45 ticket, you can see a, a black and white photography exhibit of famous people's assholes. <laughs> All right. You can see Warner Herzog's chocolate starfish for $45. Is that something you would pay to see just to be like, yeah, I, I wow, I've seen that? Or no? 
I genuinely don't know. I'm going all in. I'm looking at the butthole. I think it would be. <laughs> I think it would depend on who else's butthole was in there because it, like, if Warner was the only good butthole, maybe not. Um, but if there were like a couple of buttholes in there that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd okay. look at Werner Herzog's butthole next to Bobby wow. Flay's butthole. Why not? Look at that, <laughs> Mandy Patinkin. Wow, I've always wanted to see his shitter. Like, yeah, it's like, it's, like it's one of those things where it's like it's you look such... at a picture of the butthole and you look at the picture of the celebrity and just be like, wow, I, I never thought that their butthole would look like that. It's yeah, Andre that, the Giant's rusty log cutter. I've never yeah. thought I'd see that. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, that's all the buttholes of Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition buttholes. Oh, Lord. Nobody expected the anal Inquisition. <laughs> Just the fucking... God, you know, like for charity, you know, like buttholes across America. Oh, for charity, <laughs> yeah, I do it, no question. Just all of these pretentious fucking celebrities, like, yeah, look at my asshole. Let's raise money for the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> totally just, and then being there, like, with my my hand on my chin, be like, hmm, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the end of the exhibit, and it's just Harrison Ford in person, bent over, just going. Take a picture, kid. I don't want to be here all day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, that's good. It took us a while to to find our funny bone, but we found it. (laughs) Celebrity buttholes. That's our our next segment. It's always buttholes, isn't it? It yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say uh, "Vagalian" was the episode title, but I think "Famous Buttholes" probably <laughs> a little better. That's yeah. Is it a little quick, quick side rant about "Famous Buttholes." Um, have you guys seen the viral trend of taking random Taylor Swift photos and adding fart noises? Yes, uh, I. No. I am obsessed with this. I think it's fucking hilarious because there's so many pictures of her just kind of like slightly bent forward, like looking over her shoulder and people are just like, just adding little, (laughs) little squeakers to it. And it's so good. Um, It makes me laugh every time. uh, Like, I don't think, you know, like I'm not, my daughter's obsessed with Taylor Swift. Like hmm. any little girl is, but she's just not a thing in my radar. Right. She's very like I get why she's successful, but she's very non-offensive to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can just picture her having like very indescript, boring farts. <laughs> you know, like I could picture her eating like a whole mer- like a giant meatball sub. You're expecting her to like melt paint off the walls, and it's just. <sighs> <laughs> oh, but see, that sound that sounded hot and stinky. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was I was expecting I I expected to be more like uh you you know the old lady farts that, that you can't say anything about because she's, you know, Taylor Swift, yeah. she's rich and famous. So you're not going to be like, are you just standing there farting? As the I, smell seeps over the room. I guess because she's her... dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> That's the souls of her fans leaving her body. <laughs> like, 
Can you just picture her like look make making eye contact like a dog taking a shit? But then just being like, what? What? What are you gonna do? You guys need to watch the Meat Canyon Taylor Swift. I'm gonna video. Oh yeah, I have. I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the only possible Taylor Swift joke that I can make in reference to her body of work. At the at the end of the night is when she would like she's leaving, everyone's choking and gagging, and that's that's the point she'd turn and be like, Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> and just leave. As people fall over dead. With her, her squeaky balloon farts. <laughs> okay, everybody, thank you for listening to the whole episode to get this funny fluffle talk as we always do. Um We'll be back before you know it. And again, let us know if you liked our true crime section. We, uh, yeah, vote on the Hall of Fame. Join the Facebook group. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This is Mike saying play with your toys. This is Mike saying play with Harrison Ford's butthole. This is Mike joshing Mike Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Creepy.com on the World Wide Web. Must I say it again? Did you not listen? Count Creepy. C-O-U-N-T-K-R-E-E-P-Y. Ah.